Oh my gosh, it's Hotline League 171. Mark Zimmerman trying to get some game fuel into his mouth. Anyway, an exciting show for us tonight, as is always the case. But this one's extra exciting because MSI is starting this week. And we're going to be talking about that. We're gonna. Do, there's also been some like random drama in the space over the past uh, week, which we could talk about as well. Mark is being attacked by a creature that should not be allowed to be there. I'm going to go uh, shout out Alienware and Gamefield for sponsoring the show. We'll talk more about them later in the show. But Mark, first off, my constant co-host, how are, how you been? Let me introduce you. What's going on? Uh, I've been good. I've been watching a lot of stuff because uh, I don't know if anyone saw the announcement for broadcast talent. Your boy was not on there. Your boy's doing nothing. Your boy's sitting on his thumb. Well, have you figured out what you're doing now? Like what you're since you're moving on from the the Riot Games thing. Like what what do you got up next? Uh, a bout of depression. Um, a date with my couch. You know. Okay. Some big, big opportunities there. Well, wow. I've always enjoyed you being a part of the broadcast, and I'm gonna miss you. Uh, going forward, but maybe we can do some more like LCS coverage, or maybe we can co-stream or something whenever LCS comes back. It's going to be a bummer to not see you on their shows in the future. Anyway, we got Demonte here. We got Demonte here, our guest for the week. How's it going, Demonte? It is going, Travis. That is about it. Literally, oh it's just going, man. I just realized I've I have two people on the show. Who have just sort of been sitting around trying to figure out what's next for them. And uh, what are you watching, Demonte? What do you? What do you? What's 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 on your TV? My TV? Um, I watched uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World yesterday. First that time? A, uh, second time actually, but first time in like ten years. Do you know that movie came out in 2010? I was pretty surprised, but some of the humor in the movie, I I could tell is from 2010. They <laughs> did, uh, and I I did not go, but the they did a a 10 year anniversary reshow at a bunch of theaters. And I think last Thursday they were doing one at the theater near me. And I, I kind of wish that it had been in an easier time to go to the movies because I, I would have gone. I, I really like that. Yeah. They should have delayed their 10 year anniversary. Well, uh, I think their 10 year anniversary was not actually, I think it was earlier in the year. I don't think it came out. Um, yeah. Anyway, Mark, what are you watching? Uh, so I, I've been... I watched Shadow and Bone. I think I talked about that last time, though. Um, I watched The Circle, which is... Uh, it's actually not that bad. You know, it's grown on me. I'm digging it. Uh, there's, like, the live finale on Wednesday. So if you want to binge and, like... I don't know if it's live. I shouldn't say live. But the finale comes out on Wednesday, so... Is it... Wait, how long... I, I don't think it's been out that long. How many episodes is it? So I don't know what Netflix's model is for this kind of shit because Netflix pretty much usually just dumps the whole season on you, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm not exactly sure, um, but I just got to the last episode and it was like, watch the finale Wednesday. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, so I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but you can you can binge them all right now. How many, how many are there, though? Not a ton. I mean, like it, it would still be a stretch to get it done by, by Wednesday, but there's like, like 10. Like four? Oh, 10. Okay. Yeah. yeah I just didn't think it had been out for that long, so I don't know. Oh, four well, episodes. That's what I'm a saying week. is, you know how Netflix normally says. releases content. I don't know yeah. if you're caveman. Yeah, I am. I am. All right. Well, 
I, I'll just say, again, Mark never asks me how I'm doing. And then I always forget that I should just talk about my week and what I've done, you know, so that we, I can be part of this early conversation as well. Uh, I, I played and beat Outriders. They gave me a code, by the way, but I did not, they didn't pay me to, there's no sponsorship element here. Uh, and boy, that game is fun, but boy, that game is buggy, is the way that I would describe it. But I played it with Kelby and Julian. It was actually pretty fun. So, I, you know I, would, che- good? I would check it out. Yeah. Did you play it's it called, no, I didn't play that game, but I played a different game called Railway Empire. And you like you're you're based in like the 1800s and you're like a you're like a railroad tycoon basically, and you have to like build your railroads to all the cities before everyone else and then you basically just you get the monopoly over everyone else and you just fucking play the game, make some railroads. It's pretty fun. Wow. Is it like roller coaster it's tycoon? It's kind of like Civ, but like with railroads instead. Okay. If that makes sense. Very interesting. How much of it is like your own skill with with laying the railroads down? Like, do you have to be optimal with like your like the tracks that you're laying? Yeah, I think the the pathing is like because as you get more trains, then the logistics gets more fucked up. As you because because if you have too many trains and then some of the trains are on the same path, then you have to like make uh, like little exits for them, and then you have to like fix their pathing. The more trains you get, so you can keep making money while also getting more trains. That sounds a lot. I don't know if you ever played a game called Metro Station. That was a good single-player game about like building good pathing and like log- handling mm. logistics. This sounds like a multiplayer version with some Civ shit tucked in there. You know what other game I've been playing a little bit of? Uno. Because they have a, a digital version of it, and you can play it with people online. And I kind of want to find three other people to play Uno with on stream. Pokemon uh, Snap came out, too, this weekend. Oh, I've been yeah. snapping away. Yeah. Mark, have you been seeing Twitch chat, by the way? I don't know if you've been paying attention. No, what happened? I, I, I did my um, my little my little ruse like I did at the end of last year, so I don't know if you... Oh, remember. I saw some people being like, Mark's not on the broadcast anymore. Yeah. We'll let this one go for longer. Okay. Uh, let's... <laughs> I'm just not going to acknowledge it. If it makes the front page of Reddit, I'm just not going to clarify. <laughs> force, force. And tell Ryan, this is what happens when you don't include me on an international broadcast. I'm not going to tell him. You have to break the news. I yeah. want you Wait, to I heard, I, heard, I heard some shit about Mark Z, guys. Yeah. I heard, got, I heard he got in a fist fight with Captain Flowers. I will true? get fucking rocked in that fist fight. Put me up. <laughs> give me someone else, dude, please. Okay, Anyone um... else. <laughs> Do you think you should take uh, Kobe? Chris Greeley, actually. That's why That's why you're not there. I think I think I'd have a better shot against I mean, like, I'm, I'm not favored versus very many people, okay? So let's just get that yeah. out of the way. But I th- I feel like Captain Flowers has like some of that like I think he's more ferocious than than Kobe. I, feel I like wonder... Kobe and I, you know, we'd be we'd be squared up. Okay, you what know, do you guys be, think? We'd be throwing some jabs. Captain Flowers just come in with a fucking like overhand hook right out the gate and would not give you any time to like you know get some range checks in there or nothing. Do you guys think Kobe or because Kobe is secretly jacked? So do you guys I know think Kobe's Kobe? Strong. Yeah, but do you think he or Captain Flowers would win between the two of them? Hmm. I, I, Captain Flowers definitely has like the more blind rage going. Like, yeah, yeah. If Flowers is in the right mind space, I think he can beat anyone, honestly. But Kobe is secretly jacked. I've seen him. I've seen him a couple times shirtless. Yeah. Uh, me too. I feel like Captain Flowers could beat up anyone in on the broadcast in any region. Okay. In any region. I don't think there's anyone. No, there's a couple of LPL casters that are are. I think could take him. 
I don't know. I, I, I totally agree with, with DeMonte. The bell rings and the bull comes out, and he's just going to be 0 to 100. All right. Well, hopefully this can be an All-Stars event uh, the next time All-Stars comes back. Get some boxing matches. We can bet on them. Fuck League of Legends. You know what? We'll be Logan Paul. And yeah, Jake that would Paul. work, actually. They, they just gave up their content to go do this <laughs> other shit, and it's way more popular. Yeah. That's how we revitalize the NALCS. We just turn we it into suck anyways. Yeah, fighting. let's go boxing. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, let's talk about League of Legends and esports stuff. So a couple of things I've been thinking about. Obviously, we can, we're going to take... I, I figure half or more of our calls and conversation tonight is going to be about MSI because it's kicking off. It's kind of a weird weird situation where, like, there's going to be a lot of sort of theorizing. These This is when everybody can get their crazy predictions in and all that stuff because, obviously, we haven't seen anything yet. So there's there's a lot to talk about, but also not much that we can say. For, there's not a lot of analysis or discussion we can have yet, though I know, Mark, you guys probably talked about a little bit of that on the dive today. So ready for some of that. Uh, I think, I don't, do we want to talk, talk about esports certifications? We talked about it last week. Is there anything more to say? No, we didn't talk about it last week on, on Hotline League. I think it happened on Tuesday, didn't it? It's been so long and so thoroughly trashed on that, like, it fell out of favor very quick. I, it was I like definitely think... Thermite. Like, it just burned out immediately. Yeah, I think, I definitely think it happened Tuesday, but... Uh, I don't know if somebody has like a passion call. I was, I, uh, I obviously, I did a video about it. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, they're listening to the podcast or something like that. You can go check it out on my YouTube channel, but, uh, DeMonte, you saw it, right? Yeah. yeah the esports certification stuff. Yeah. I, I, it did die really fast though. Like it was, it was a spicy meme for a couple of days and then now no one, no one even talks about it anymore. Well, what's weird is, okay. So on Tuesday, I think it got announced. Then on Wednesday, it got canceled. And then on Thursday, a bunch of people that were associated with it came out to, like, defend their involvement. And I'm mm. pretty sure I got subtweeted and told that I... Uh, sub, somebody was subtweeting me saying I was fucking disgusting. One of the people that were, were on it. Uh, which I thought was a bold move. Um, You're definitely uh, not eSports certified then. I am No, I mean, I am through my own certification process, which is the only and largest... Is it free? Or is uh, it like, what's the benefit over You, you have to sub yours? Um, mm. to the, the, the channel to get one. Uh, so it's $5 versus $400? Yes. Yes. And there's no test. And there's no test. Oh, wow. But I, I think it's about as, it's equally as effective. So I would argue more. Possibly, yeah. Because you, I, we, I, mean, I don't know if they were going to give a certificate, but we actually gave certificates. So I don't know. Uh, but I don't know if somebody has some crazy call. A lot of people in the chat have mentioned Spellzy from Golden Guardians uh, did a, a tweet. I, I'll put it in the chat because I'm sure DeMonte hasn't seen it yet. Talking about the like some data around all the different teams and what their average monthly views have been like this year. Uh, it's not great. And outside of the top four, I think it is pretty pretty tough. And I, I wouldn't even say that the top four are in a great place. Uh, but if anybody wants to see this, they're listening to the podcast or something, or they're watching on YouTube, just go to Spellzy on on, tw on Twitter and uh, check him you, out. You know what I thought was funny? Because I, I saw this, and then he made another one with, I think it was Disguised Toast YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. 44 well, so million. It's <laughs> like, holy shit. I retweeted the data that showed, like, EG's at the bottom, 
with like they're averaging like a thousand views on YouTube, but then TSM's at the top averaging like four hundred fifty one thousand. Obviously, a huge disparity there. But people, he, Spellzy clarified because everybody like hopped on there to be like, oh, EG sucks or Dig and IMT because they're also basically at the bottom with similar numbers. And he's like, look, a lot of people are talking about how, you know, these bottom teams don't have much, but in comparison to like anything else, it's terrible. Like Golden Guardians launched a Melee channel for Smash Melee and they would rank... If their melee channel was in was an LCS team, it would rank third, and they launched the based off of their views. They launched this thing like a month ago, maybe a little less, and it's already doing so well. It's just like, to me, this just goes to t show how saturated the league space is with content, and like, there's just so much uh, content. Do you think it's saturated, or do you think just like the team content is just not as enjoyable as like streamer content or just individual people's stuff? Well, because I feel a, like there's so many, there's a lot of viewers I see. I, I see a lot of people blow up that just like stream themselves playing solo queue a lot, but it feels like the team content doesn't get viewed as much. Yeah, I think uh, it's a little bit of both, you know. So I think, look, it it can be saturated, and there's a world where, you know, if if these teams are producing content as popular or as enjoyable as some of these other. YouTube channels in the space, creating content or whatever, the views would obviously be on the team channels instead of those, or their, their channels would be doing better. That being said, like if TSM is only able to average less than half a million monthly league views, then like, I would say that's a, that's a amount of saturation. Like the space is saturated with content and it, it's like, it shouldn't surprise anybody. Right. Cause we've, we have so many days of LCS plus there's LCK and LEC and all this stuff right produces their stuff I produce stuff co-streams exist etc so hey Travis yeah. if you want to toot your own horn here I asked you where would TGI rank on that graph if we were an LCS team uh, I would be number one on that list uh, because I produce way more content uh, so yes I average more monthly league views than uh, most of well all the teams um but, like, I am tiny compared to somebody like probably Dom or LS. I think they do way, way better. And, you know, you go up the list, there's obviously, like, a ton of people that are huge in the league space. So I don't even tend to... I, mean, I don't I... celebrate my own numbers because I don't even think they're particularly great. No, Unless I'm talking to sponsors, in which case I've got amazing numbers. I am more pop. You're more popular than any LCS team. That is a great thing to throw around. I'm um... not sure if that's what that means. I, I agree with Demonte though. Like, I think a lot of league content. There was a time where like the longer form, more in depth, highly produced stuff was like new and it was fresh and it was what everyone wanted to see. And I agree. Like, yeah, there's some saturation. You wouldn't expect the entire ecosystem to like devour all ten teams' content. But I, uh, I think there's something to be said about like just watching people play the game and being low key and like quick digestible content and stuff like that. Um, well, it's also like, we, I mean, we've talked about this before. These team shows were far more interesting when it was Reggie screaming at Dyrus and telling him, you fucking suck and you lost us that game. And now when it's just like, well, it was a challenge for us as we faced off against 100 Thieves this week. And uh, we're really hoping, I mean, I liked what 100 Thieves was doing when they gave DeMonte the camera and you were like vlogging essentially from the facility. That was, that was different and unique. 
um, even though it, it was also not you screaming at people. But, like, all the drama gets hidden now, right? Like, well, there's no, you know, yeah, converse, they don't show... True. They don't show whatever conversation happened between Papa Smithy and DeMonte uh, whenever whenever he didn't end up competing for a couple of weeks. So, and that's the stuff that people would eat up. You know, I'm not saying that should be aired, but it's certainly why in the past it certainly when, we, should be. when we created that content, we should not be surprised that like we used to put all this crazy stuff out there like Breaking Point and Reggie telling Rain Man to roll around in a puddle of mud for $100. And that got a lot of views. And now when we have like respectful, thoughtful content that also feels very samey week to week. Do you think if Breaking Point came out in this like current year and like our current culture, do you think Team Liquid would just get shit on for like making that? I feel like it would be almost taboo to put something out like that nowadays. I mean, they kind of got shit on it at the time. I was going to say, yeah. So I definitely think that it would be tough. There are a lot of people who are like, you shouldn't put this out. This makes us look bad as a scene or something. And I was like, I don't know. Hunter, Hunter, do you remember Hunter was on, I think, Mark, you might have had some conversation with him or something. Or maybe, no, it was, I think, Damien. Because I think Hunter and Damien got in some arguments someplace. Um, maybe Hunter it was me, at yeah. Yahoo, I think, at the time. Or maybe at, at Riot, I forget. And they were arguing about it because Hunter was like, this shouldn't be out there. And Damien was like, well, it seems to be doing pretty well. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, t- my, my broader point was more about just like, look at how people in the ecosystem, like the content that is consumed elsewhere in the ecosystem and how similar is your content to that. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's that's more the point than like necessarily fishing for drama either. Just uh, well, also, what can you, what can you mean, do that's, that stands out while like also being what most people want to see, which is, you know, five, ten minutes of gameplay or something, you know, with quick cuts and fast moving, good pace. Also, I, I, I feel like those numbers must be uh like like the fast content like you're saying it's so much easier to just put out a ton of videos like that versus like the team content it's like you maybe put out once every two weeks and then of course like you're not gonna have as many views in that way as well toast toast uploaded a among us video every day for for like i don't know what it was almost like a year or something yeah Yeah. he just he just tweeted that his streak ended but like to that point you know he's getting a million views on each of these videos at least and he puts them out every day so crazy (laughs) Yeah, that man is making. We should sign him to money. the LCS. I mean, there's something to be said. Like, I I do actually think, you know, if G4 had not hired Ovly, a team should have probably just hired Ovly and and had her produce a ton of content for them. And then like she comes up with ideas, but she can also produce content on on her own, and it can all still be very LCS focused. And you can do a lot of interesting stuff if you have. Like the problem is, the players. Like I mean, Demonte, I'm guessing you as a player, a lot of you guys don't want to do content all the time, right? Like, I mean, you guys usually groan whenever it t- comes time to make content, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a majority of players don't want to do content. I think there are some players that do enjoy doing it. Like, I would instantly say, like, like for instance, like, me and Closer really enjoyed actually just grabbing the camera and just being an idiot in front of it. And, like, I think that's rare because I feel like a majority of my teammates I've ever played with are just like, yeah, I don't even want to be on camera. I don't want to do interviews. I don't want to do anything. Like, I just want to play League of Legends and then go be a hermit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Baller. Well, anyway, if somebody wants to talk about that, uh, we can totally do that as well. Is there anything else that got announced this week that I, or in the past uh, week? Sen- uh, Arcane trailer. The Arcane trailer. That's true. I don't uh, know what there is to say about it. I would like that. Um, they are. Am I allowed to talk about 
Something that's happening on Wednesday. One second. Merkville. Um, I don't have anything to fill. Demonte, Phil. Hot Rock, your turn. My God. <laughs> okay, I think I can say this. So they're doing a a media day on Wednesday that uh, a bunch of us, I can't talk about what's going to be talked about there, but they're doing a media day on Wednesday for MSI where there's like a ton of media that are going to it. I do want to just complain a little bit as is my thing. They, the way they're doing it is no. Okay. So in the past, they've always done these press conferences, right? Like, Oh, you get a chance to enter, to ask questions to like the head of esports about stuff this year. You have to submit your request or your, your question in the form like a week in advance, more than a week in advance, I think. Uh, which feels very tacky to me because then they just get to like pick and choose which questions they answer and come up with like very political stuff. It's like I just I almost didn't submit a request or submit a question. I'm more just curious if they end up taking mine. But it's it's very strange that they're not doing like live questions or live press conference anymore. Uh, I think they would probably use like language barriers as an excuse. Uh, but again, they've done this for so many years before that it's like kind of disappointing to me that they're going with a strategy. And I, uh, I don't know. It just, it kind of follows like a lack of transparency around a lot. Of, like Riot, I think, is pulling back from media on the esports side lately. That's the, the way that it feels. Uh, because there's not, there was not like a press conference for MSI Finals, or sorry, MS. MSS finals, mid-season showdown. God, that's confusing. Um, and we still haven't heard. They've refused to make any statement around the import rule stuff, which is me bringing it up again on the show. Uh, and like now they're they're like, yeah, if you want to ask us questions for the, the media day, you can submit it. So we'll see which ones they choose. But I'm I'm very curious. Uh, and I just I think it's it's unfortunate that they're approaching it this way. Uh, people says how many weeks now? I think it's been nine. I need to, I need to check it out. Uh, okay. So should we get into calls? Mark, do you want to explain how the show works? Sure. Oh boy. If you've never seen the show before, it's a live call and show. Uh, you can go ahead and join the discord, which I'm spamming in Twitch chat right now. When you get there, go ahead and join the pleb topics or pleb top pleb calls, excuse me, or pleb calls to voice channels. Mute your microphone once you get in there. Then in the Pleb Topics text channel, you're going to go ahead and write what it is that you want to talk about. We'll then pull you, if we like your take, into the waiting room where you will hang out until it's your turn. Do a quick mic check, and then we'll have you on air to talk. And if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. You can uh, you can sync your sub with Discord so you can get access to Sub Topics channel, and you can put your takes in there, which is it moves a little slower. Uh, but that would be pretty cool. Uh, I'm also trying to think if there's any, I thought I had one other thing that I was going to, oh, wait, we should just also talk to DeMonte a little bit. DeMonte, you said a while ago that you were going to put out some sort of like post or something about what's yeah. up, how you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. Is there anything you can share with us about what's going on with you these days? Yeah, I mean, I could share for the most part what's going on. There's like... I mean, basically with me, there's there's not anything set in stone. It's like kind of kind of uh, everything is up in the air still. I would say off season is not completely uh, finished happening yet. Like what it's what it's looking like right now is that I won't be on an LCS team for mid lane in the summer. So that's fine. I've kind of come to terms with that. And 
now the decision that I've kind of made is it's like I, I either have to think about role swapping or I have to think about if I even want to play academy in mid lane anymore. And from there, it's just like I, I just have to decide what, what route I want to go because I, I also could go down some content creation routes and that's a lot of stuff that I've been thinking about mainly just uh, maybe, maybe trying to get myself involved with the broadcast in some way. I think like what I've watched Kadrill do over the last like, year or two is something that is pretty inspiring, I would say. I think he like, like, they, like his transition from being a player into being like on the on the desk and like being a streamer has been really, really solid. And yeah, I mean, it's a tough time, I would say for me, I think like I've I've been being a I've been a pro player right for the last six years of my life and those six years is like age 17 to age 23 where I'm not now and it almost feels like I'm going into this territory where I don't exactly I don't know this I don't know the space anymore you know like like for so long I could just wake up every day and be content with just queuing up for solo queue the whole day long and then that's like my job right but now it's like I'm almost getting into these waters where I have to really figure out what is next and. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing official, but that's basically it. So you're in a, a state of trying to figure out what's next for you, whether it's the same or if you want to head off into a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Basically just deciding if I want to keep playing or if I want to just transition into doing something outside of playing. Well, if you are a caller and you want to give DeMonte advice on his career <laughs> and what you would like to see him do next or anything that you want to say to him, feel free to also put that take in the... And the topics chat because I'm sure Mark is still pulling people. It looks like so. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's interesting. I don't know, Mark, if you had questions for Demonte about what's going on with them, but no. Uh, I mean, no. I mean, given the, what he said there, it sounds like he, he shared what he could. Um, I mean, it's crazy to like be 23 years old, having been doing something for six years, and then be like kind of at a point career-wise where you're facing down something that most people face in like you know the midlife crisis kind of thing that they hit where it's like oh this thing that i've been doing my entire life basically i, I might need to move on for it is it time like these kinds of things that like yeah gamers i mean i, I could easily just... like i feel like i could easily keep playing mid lane in academy and just keep grinding out the same thing i've been grinding out but the last two years have been like super fucking hard on me for sure just feels like i've been on a different team every six months and it, it's just like do I want to just try something new? Because it feels like the narrative has been set. And especially after, I would say, this this spring split and like the lock-in tournament, I felt personally that I was like playing at one of the, like, like probably the top level I have been playing at. And then like every, everything like slumped in spring and then everything happened that did happen. And it's just like, shit, man, this is, uh, this is really difficult to keep dealing with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's funny, Mark, you mentioned, you mentioned like, being in these moments where you have to decide if you want to keep doing this thing. But I, and it's, it's true that a lot of people probably come up with, with this, you know, at, at a midlife thing, but I think you and I have also experienced some of this stuff. Like when I left Yahoo, it was like, fuck, okay. Am I still doing interviews? Like I've been doing this for a long time. Is this what I should be doing? Or should I like try to, to go behind the scenes? Should I, whatever, obviously I decided to keep doing it in this very different way, but I, I can definitely relate to that. Like what, what, you're, you're stuck at a crossroads and it's like what path are you yeah. going to take and sometimes yeah. it can be spooky yeah I, think I guess like I, I'm really grateful though that I feel like I could just I could do nothing for the next year and since I played pro for so long I'm like I'm chilling on the, the money part so I, I think at least there's that you know it's like I feel like 
being 23 years old in my position is definitely not a bad thing. It feels it feels like that, and it feels like it's also really cool and really it's really interesting and uh, it's like it makes me happy almost to think about doing something new as well. Like not saying I'm going to be doing anything new, but that's also an exciting thing, right? Because I've never experienced stuff outside of playing for my entire adult life. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's I mean, definitely true having that opportunity. Mark, you were going to say? Yeah, I was just saying that like, I think a lot of people face career changes and stuff, but I, I don't know why to me it just feels more like uh, more final in a way, I think a lot of times for pro players. Uh, not all of them, you know, like, you know, double if comes and goes a little bit and who, who knows, but I think for like a lot of people, it's like a very much phase of your life kind of thing, whereas changing jobs, working somewhere new, um, that kind of stuff, like there's a chance you bounce back to another thing you know like people people do shift uh, yeah no that's true well, well especially because like, like, being a pro it's so much of your identity right like because right. you're dedicating all of your time to this thing it's it's not a normal nine to five situation so I right exactly it's like this is who you are now go be someone else potentially you're like oh god yeah. it's tough so, to face at a, a younger age but it's true i'm glad you point out Devante, that like you're 23 and you you have had good opportunities and all this stuff. Cause when I was, I was 23, I think I was like finally starting to get the GameSpot stuff figured out and had like a ton of debt I had accrued from going to all these like esports events and hoping that this would work out and very spooky. So I, it is, I'm glad you can recognize that like you are in a, a pretty good position, even if it is, uh, even if it is kind of a weird situation where you're making these big decisions. So. I saw somebody enter the waiting room and then they left the waiting room. So I see that we're do we not backwards where it goes, or maybe oh, they changed weird. their name or something. I don't know. No, I don't know why they left the waiting room. I'm gonna move them back and see what okay. happens. What the fuck? Uh, but I think we're ready for a call. If you want to grab something, Mark. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, we're gonna read off some subs. Let's see, where are we? Uh, somebody anonymously gifted Ovly May. They didn't want to be known as gifting Ovly, so they they anonymously did it. I think that's funny. Institutional element, I think is how you say it. Sandy Toes, Gaming for the Weekend, Top Hat Matt, Hurricane Cannon, Jayla Ray rated us for 70 people. Thank you. Raging Pianist for almost two years. Thank you. I am Justin T. Uh, let's see. Lols Beer Nut. Thank you for the 500 bits. Galul, or Wee Wee Baguette, and Gengar Riffith. Uh, thank you. One Bellow One. Still waiting for Mark. Mark is having a great conversation. Okay, here we go. Lord, oh, you, you should explain. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Lord Audi is here. Lord Audi, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Queens, New York. Uh, you you every, were on recently. Ah, uh, yeah, I was there last week, and yes. I want to rectify some mistakes that were made. Oh, okay. Uh, well, welcome back. What do you want to talk about? Well, what I want to talk about is that if I were to be C9 coaching staff, what I would concentrate on this first like uh, round robin is being sure that uh, the team always wins against Latin America and Japan and just at least not concentrate on Korea because ending the round robin at 4-2 is better than putting all your effort in beating Korea and then risking losing to Latin America and Japan and being at a worse position by the end of the round robin. Yeah, so for those that don't know, we have Gillette Infinity, Damwon Gaming Kia, and Detonation Focus Me in the group with Cloud9. So you're suggesting don't even worry about uh, trying to take games off of Damwon 
just focus on getting out of groups by trying to like take out your other two competitors. That is correct. Uh, okay. I'm not saying that it would be nice if Crown 9 beats Korea in one of the two games that they have on the round robin, but I would say that that would be a nice bonus, but they will basically have to concentrate on beating these two teams, being 2-0 against them, to be able to just have a clear path to uh, to getting out of groups. Okay, and I assume you think there's no chance they can get first seed against because they've got damn one in their group. Uh, I I wouldn't say that there's no chance. I would say that I, I guess the odds are not for them in this case, but it would be nice. But I, I I don't I don't think that that would be yeah that would be something that they have to put all their eggs on the basket because it would be nice to have a good showing against like Korea from the from the get go. But at the end of the day. I think the mission is basically being able to get out of groups, and I think that will be their best path to do it. All right, so that's a great one to throw to DeMonte. DeMonte, let's say you are on Cloud9 or your coaching staff for Cloud9. You are in this group. Do you try to, like, do you practice and do you look at Damwon? I'll link you the, the group. Do, yeah, yeah, that's... Do you, nice. do you try, do you practice to... To, you know, study research against Damwon and the hope that you can take them, or do you just say, "Fuck it, we're going to focus on these other two teams and we're going to get second seed." No, I mean, I, I think if you're C9, you just try to pump them. Like you just, you, I think you try to, you try to beat them at whatever the hell you're good at. I think, I feel like the guys on C9 as well aren't the kind of guys who will just accept defeat either. I'm sure every single one of those players think they can be better than Damwon and. I would like to see them give it their all as soon as they could. I'm, well, I'm not saying that they shouldn't try. I'm saying that if you're going to put like like effort into ratios, let's say that it's like like 20, 40, 40, with 40, 40 being the other two teams into putting your research there, and then the 20 is on Korea because it, it's, it seems that it would be like a high risk, high reward compared to just the short path just to get out of groups. And then after that, then just pull like all your research into just the top tier things that make it out of the other two groups on top of the Korea getting out of your group. Um, yeah, I mean, I think your point is okay. Like, I don't think it's as linear as you think it is. Like, I don't think teams are like, you know, we're going to put in this percentage of effort into these teams. It's more so just everyone's kind of putting 100% in to make the team better overall. And I think the actual prep into what team you're playing versus just relies on the coaches and what they're actually doing before the match. I think, I mean, I, th I think if, if C9 cared about MSI, like I'm sure their their mindset is not the same as if they were at Worlds where it's like, okay, we need to we need to make sure that we're going to get out of groups, do do X thing, right? I feel like they're probably just taking a more uh, loose style or like loose uh, approach to MSI. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say that. I, I don't, I think it's a bit of like a false dichotomy. Like I don't think, Preparing for Dom Juan inherently decreases your prep for these other teams because a large portion of your early scrims at these events are like a lot of times like more figuring out what you want to play and like trying to improve and see what holes are getting exposed as you're going against these other top international teams and trying to plug those and then um, you know because you're there for a little bit of time and then you start trying to figure out your game plans for each of these but like. It's double round robin, and it's it's similar to how Worlds normally is, where your first phase of round robin is 
like one opponent a day, maybe two, and then you close out your day in the, in the second one. And maybe only in the second day would you start talking about like, oh God, we don't have enough time to prep for this, these two, three opponents that we're going to play. Um, but realistically, like it's, you, you can do it. I think I could understand then being like, well, we're going to prep the hardest for our first opponent of the day. And then we'll maybe try and prep a little bit for, you know, the other people, or maybe we're going to put more prep into the early opponent that we're going to have to fight, but you'll see one of their games that day, which will then inform what you're going to do. And so like, I just don't think it's, it's necessarily a situation that like prepping for one is hampering your ability to prep for the others. It's also tough to imagine a world where like the coaching staff goes to the team and is like, Hey guys, we're going to really focus on these other two teams and we're going to not put as much effort in damn one. I feel like perks would be like, what the hell? I enjoy this team so that we would just, you know, assume we're going to lose to damn one, you know, or, or LCK. Like I think that's how champions are born. I mean, this is what Damonte said, right? Which is just like that, that, that team is probably not filled with players who are willing to just take it for granted that like, uh, I'm not saying that's what you're saying, Lord Audi. I guess I'm I know I understand. It, it, yeah. I guess it, it comes from uh, because you know you. I, I don't feel that you know you can control what the players think, but I mean as a, as a coaching strategy, I don't know how they prepare for these matches or how they're preparing. I just wonder how what is the mindset and what is basically like the end goal when it comes either. Well, do we take out like a few games that I don't want on this first round robin and whatever happens happens or basically we just want to really get out of groups and then just continue to that path to be able to at least like get yeah get that goal out of the way no i mean i think i think it's like there's some people in in twitch chat who are saying ah this is silly but i it makes sense uh in some sense right like if you were to in a in a vacuum if you go and you say okay you get out of this group if you place top two two of these teams are pretty easy to, you know, are, are much uh, weaker than the third team. Where will you put your resources? You would probably say, we're going to focus on getting top two by taking these two guys out. Um, so I, I get what you mean. It's just, I think, to what Mark and Demonte said, like maybe it is less linear. Maybe it is yeah, a little yeah. bit more I, complicated. I, I guess it goes to say that, you know, like someone from the outside doesn't understand that well how they the mindset when it comes to preparing for these kind of things so but i guess from the outside you would like you would think it as, as a numbers game and the numbers would, would think would, i would say as, as, as a person from the outside that it's in favor to be able to just take those two teams out to zero compared to just putting all those eggs on that basket yeah. but no it's, i think it's, it's good i think if i can speak on like how the c9 players are probably thinking about it even their coaching staff is that they probably don't think they're worse than demon i, I don't think like they're going into these matches just assuming they're going to lose. I think they're probably just going to give it... I, I, I feel like if they if they go with the approach that you're saying, where it's like, yeah, let's just take out these bottom teams, they're already putting themselves at like a mental disadvantage when they play down one, because they're like, oh shit, like now we have to play the actual good team. So now it's like, they, they're, they're already putting themselves on a pedestal below them. And that, that kind of just means that... I, I, feel, I feel like that just makes the whole tournament harder. And I feel like all these EU personalities on C9 and all these like... I would say like the, the very strong ego players. There's there's no shot that they're they're going into the match thinking like we're gonna lose. I, if anything, I feel like the, the the first game of the tournament is C9 and and uh, Demon, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I feel like there's a good chance C9 wins that game. Maybe they won't win the tournament, but I feel like C9 is going to come prepared, and I feel like they're going to give everything on that first game. And it's the only game that day, so there's like, there's literally, you know, you you play that first game of the day, you have all this prep to go into it, and then you, regardless of what happens, can watch your next opponent, which is uh, DFM, they play right after you, and then you have literally like a day and a half until you play again. You have plenty of time to prep for them. Uh, so I, I really don't think you need to worry about actually trying to win that first game and putting effort into it. Yeah, and I mean, they're going to win it, so it's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, Easy, then, right? Yeah. Lord Adi, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, I just want to shout out to my wife, which is not totally upset that I forgot to shout her out on the last week episode, <laughs> which is completely, you know, I love her, and she's the love of my life, and she's my wife, and I shout her out. Very good. <laughs> Thank, thank you for the call. Really appreciate it. Glad you were able to, to get Hope that. Hope you learn your lesson. Yeah. I learned my lesson. Thank Glad you. we could get you on the show this week so that you could. Um... Rectify that mistake. Yes, exactly. Yes. Thanks, thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. I want to talk about uh, something that happened uh, today, which like I think a lot of people probably would not normally talk about. But after three years of many, many different monitors, uh, for myself, other contractors, other people, et cetera, et cetera, a, uh, a Dell monitor, not the, not the Alienware one, but a Dell monitor that I had uh, just like the panel stopped working on it for some reason. I'm not sure why, uh, but it's just not working. And so here's the thing. A lot of people might think that, oh, that's when Travis hits up his like partner manager and gets like a brand new one sent to him. And that's actually not true. What I do is I go through the same process that everybody else does. So I called the main uh, Dell number for customer service. I gave them my the serial code off the back of the the monitor, and uh, guess what? They you know they they had me do a couple things. They're like, okay, let's do like a, a test on it. Hold down this button, see if what pops up or whatever. Well, here's the thing. Uh, they're like, okay, sounds like we need to replace it for you. And they suck. This all happened at like 11 or noon today because I, I came into the office and was trying to figure it out. And uh, there's a new one coming tomorrow. And this person has no idea who I am. I'm not, like this monitor is not flagged as being like special. This big company, they don't do anything special for this thing. They, I, my name's not in there. They asked for my name, my info. And, uh, and that's just pretty impressive that like this new monitor is showing up tomorrow because this one has issues. I'll put this in the box and send it back. And and again, like obviously every now and then a product is going to have an issue. Something gives out or I don't know, any number of different things. I haven't had issues with almost anything they've sent, but this monitor had the issue and they're getting me a new replacement uh, within 24 hours. Hopefully it shows up tomorrow um, before noon or whatever. So I can really say 24 hours, but again, within a day. And, uh, and I think that's just really impressive. So, uh, I wanted to give them a shout out on that. I don't like, I didn't even tell my partner manager. Nobody knows that this happened. I've just, uh, done this all on my own. So hopefully they don't get in trouble for, uh, telling the story this way. Uh, but I think it's pretty cool. So either way, uh, thanks so much to Alienware. You can go check out their stuff at alienware.com slash Travis. Uh, and please, please do check out their stuff. Cause they do some really great, they create some really cool products and some really great stuff. And they've got some more cool things on the way there's a, a link in the description of this video if you want to check it out and i will uh i'll put it actually it's already popping up in twitch chat right now so thank you to alienware for uh making this all happen 
and for their their support. Mark, are you still here? Mark, are you? Can you come back? Mark Zimmerman, we lost Demonte. Demonte's back. Mark, Mark, what? Can you get the next caller? They're here already. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Dacton is here. Dacton, where are you calling from? Hey, uh, I'm calling from Rochester, New York. Rochester, hey, New York. Hey, I went to school near there. Yeah. Well, there technically, but whatever. Henrietta. Great. I'm glad you guys had this moment. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show, Hello? Dacton? Uh, I cannot hear yeah. you, uh, Demonte. But go ahead, Dacton. All right. Uh, yeah, so I've already turned off Twitch chat for this. Uh, my take is that uh, eSports certification, like the idea of it, is actually pretty good and arguably like ahead of its time. I think... Wait. We can hear you now, Demonte. Yeah. I can't hear you guys. Well, okay. All right. Well, sorry, go Skype? ahead, Dacton. Wait, no, no. Right. I, think I don't think he can hear the call. Yes, I know, but we can explain it to him afterwards. We can't just stall out the whole show, unfortunately. We can't just boot Demonte and have, tell him to rejoin? What? From Mark, Discord. We have a technical challenge right now. Uh, I uh, I don't want to stall out the show. Okay. Just uh, you you work with the monster. Like repeating isn't stalling out the show. All right, let's do uh, it. Go ahead, Dacton. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, basically, esports certification is a good idea and arguably ahead of its time. I think the main problems are uh, pretty obvious, right? four hundred dollars to take like a basically a middle school level math test that doesn't really demonstrate any knowledge about working in esports um i think the actual idea of having esports certification is good it could provide an easier way for potential employers to find quality candidates or it could uh, help employees distinguish themselves uh in a wide field and possibly advance an esports career if they already have a job uh most of my ideas for how to fix a lot of these problems come from uh when i was working as a real estate appraiser i had to take uh, a lot of courses to get my trainee license. I will have had to continue on to get like a general certification, things like that. Uh, and the reason I say it's ahead of its time is because uh, the infrastructure that's needed for things like this isn't really in place yet because esports is such a new field. Uh, so I can go into my solutions if you want, or if you want to start, uh, we can do that too. Well, uh, so I admittedly was helping Demonte a little bit, so I might have missed exactly what you said here but you mentioned having a certification license for something what was the something that you said uh yeah so i used to work as a real estate appraiser and mm -hmm. uh i didn't need that to get a job i was able to get a job with just my four-year degree but while i was working there i needed to uh, if i wanted to advance my career i needed a trainee license and then a general certification and then there's even more after that uh if you really want to be like a higher up in that field but right. so i think there are like project manager certifications uh, that people can get. I, I actually think something like that or even like a production internship, like I think there are a lot of equivalents for what this certificate does or for somebody who wants to work in the space. That's kind of the problem I, I have with it is like there's nothing inherently like esportsy. like you can even get like a sports management uh, you know, degree or something. I, I'm not sure how helpful that is even for sports management, but like there's a lot of corollaries. Like there's nothing in esports that is completely unique to what we do here. You know, like sales roles are still there. The project management jobs are still there. Social media, like that's what's difficult for me is, is I don't actually think, I guess the only thing you need to sort of certify is like 
oh, you know what esports is, but that's the type of thing that I think is pretty easy to figure out in an interview, uh, and, and even maybe maybe even like train somebody or teach them when they get in. So I think that's part of my issue with it. I I have issues too, but I want to hear what uh, the rest of of uh, what Dacton was going to say before I vehemently disagree. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I see what you're saying, right? Um, I agree that there's nothing like inherently in the esports scene that requires this type of thing. Uh, I would argue that similarly, though, that there's nothing in uh, like the real estate scene that I needed. Like I could, I could have just gotten a degree in similar things. Uh, same with like to be an actuary, you have to have uh, you have to like pass an exam, things like that. So I think uh, I don't necessarily think this esports certification should be a requirement, but I think it could help uh, people stand out in a wide field or help, like I said, like help employers uh, find potential candidates. Yeah, so. That I can go into. Oh, I mean, if you if you really, you've said a couple times you can go into it. So <laughs> try not to do like a five minute rant, but if you've got like a short version of this. Yeah, uh, so basically um, there are, you know, I think the main thing comes down to the price and uh, the actual like testing involved in it. Um, courses, like, it shouldn't be just one test and then you're done. Uh, it should be like a course where you actually teach people and train them in things. Uh, specifically, like if you're trying to be a coach, admittedly, a lot of this stuff can transfer over from like regular sports coaching, like sports management type things. But I think um, working specifically in esports, uh, there might be different requirements that you need. Uh, I think additionally, if you're trying to get into uh, casting specific things, for example, like mobile FPS fighting games, like those might require different things. Uh, between different genres, and so if you had a course for that, uh, you could help distinguish yourself that way. And I also think that um, the price, like four hundred, the four hundred dollars for the one test, is way too fucking high. Sorry, uh, it's, it's no, way I mean, too you're high. not saying anything. This stuff is all the stuff I feel like everyone agrees with. So I don't know if we need to to break mm -hmm. down like why the pricing is bad or whatever. Right. The the pricing is bad, but uh, like that price also can be like funded by your employer. Like if they find someone, but they feel like they need this type of training, the employer could pay for it. Um, this comes into a little bit of a problem with, I know some team owners are involved with the specific esports certification thing, but that doesn't have to, like that doesn't have to be true. Sure. I think, okay, go ahead, Mark. Um, so the thing I was gonna say is like the, the examples you gave of like things you would test for are things that like, I don't think you can adequately train a third party entity to then train these people for at least like some of the examples like coaching what i care about is your game knowledge and like that changes rapidly over time depending on the meta and these kinds of things and like you know there are techniques and things that go into coaching that are helpful to know but that has an entire thing like you're saying that i, I don't really care about if you don't understand the league of legends game well and i think this applies for most of these things where depending on what you're doing, there's a corollary in the non-esports world that you can get to show that you're adequately prepared for this, whether a degree or something. Or what I care about is something that doesn't exist in the actual rest of the, of the you know, had, doesn't have a corollary and you need to prove it to me some other way. And I don't think you're a degree, like a certification is ever gonna be that. Um, and I, like if, okay. I, I, I feel like there cannot be one Esports certification for all of esports. I think like yeah, 
it doesn't really make sense to me that like I think different aspects of esports maybe maybe you could you need like a class like you were saying color like maybe uh, I don't know I can't think of anything off the top of my head but I'm sure some of the behind the scenes stuff of an esports team you definitely need much deeper uh, knowledge of things rather than like I don't know let's say I don't know I don't know. I don't have a good, a good example right now but I, I feel like some stuff just requires maybe outside help but maybe not in the aspect of like everything all falls under one esports certification <laughs> like yeah, I, mean, I, I completely agree yeah yeah i mean esports i think we've said this a bunch of times but esports is an industry you know it's like going to hollywood and getting a hollywood degree like well what the fuck do you do like yeah. are you one of the people are you an actor are you a grip are you a sound designer are you a vfx artist are you a promoter like are you an agent like they do hollywood know, just like I, we do I, esports. I do. I'm in esports. Really, I'm in Hollywood. Okay. Well, that just sounds like you're fucking trolling. <laughs> you know, like it's it's like you don't you don't get a degree in Hollywood. You get a film degree, film studies potentially, and you're gonna walk away with some certain skill set and hopefully a portfolio that you can then bring to me when I'm looking for people or something. You know, I, I admittedly don't exactly know how Hollywood works, but like similar thing here, like. Okay, you have a data science degree, and I'm hiring analysts, and you built this cool spreadsheet that you're going to send to me as your portfolio, and I'm going to dig into it and be like, well, you kind of know your shit, or you, this is all useless information. This means I have to train you in game knowledge, but at least you have a technical aspect, or like at least I can start evaluating that. And a degree in esports <laughs> does not help in any way for any of that. I mean, I think there, and there's a couple things here too. You mentioned like casting. Um, one of my concerns with this is that it also assumes that there's jobs on the other side of this. Because I actually had a conversation with somebody who pointed out that there are several colleges now that are offering esports majors or minors. And so people sign up for these things thinking that there's going to be a job for them on the other side of it. Uh, I think, you know, I saw Kang Kangas in the in the Twitch chat. Like, he just mentioned that after doing spending a lot of time casting amateur stuff and academy stuff, he's going to try to go full-time as a caster. And, like... That's not guaranteed. I, I think a lot of people are rooting for him. He seems like a really nice guy, but like telling, you know, there, how many casting jobs are there in the world? How many broadcast jobs are there in the world to be something like this, right? Like Mark isn't doing MSI and he's been doing this stuff for years. So even people who are veterans can't even get places on the broadcast. Um, and so, <laughs> so I, I think, I think it's like, I worry a lot because I don't want to, there to ever be a thing where you have to pay for it. And the assumption is this is what, at the end of it, there's a job waiting for you, whether it's a certification or something like that. I do think some classes are cool. So like, I don't, I don't know enough about this program to like endorse it, but like Eunice uh, Chen, who used to work for cloud nine uh, and riot games, she runs a program now called in light where for $35 a month, you can get access to a bunch of classes. I think they do some like, one-on-one -on -one stuff at the very least it's like i mean 35 for some people is probably a decent amount of money but it is a entry-level way you can spend a little money you can learn a little bit about the space and you can sort of see what you think and you can talk to some people potentially that have experience here that seems like a pretty good option for somebody who's like i'm thinking about doing esports i want to learn more about it or like i want to sound more knowledgeable on things. And that's, it almost sounds kind of like that's what you're talking about, Dacton, where you're talking about maybe some sort of classes or something that would help. Yeah, I think that was more along the lines of like my idea more so than like a certificate specifically. I think just having the 
being able to spread the knowledge is the most important thing. And like right now, you know, esports is still pretty young. There's not really this type of infrastructure in place to like disseminate this knowledge very easily. And so that's why my thought was that the esports certification was a decent idea because this would be one way of doing it. You know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now we're in the 20 years ago. So we can kind of play around with things. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Look, in the, in the like slew of people who were trying to defend their involvement in this thing where they like were like, I wasn't involved at all, but also here's why I signed up uh, to be involved in it. There were a lot of people who were like, there, we really need like a path. And the people that say that there's no need for a path or something, like no one is saying there's not a need for a path or like a better option for people to get in. Like I don't think anyone thinks right now that we have – the perfect system of getting people into the space. I think there's a lot that can be done with it. Quite frankly, I think a lot of that depends on these teams and these companies figuring out how to find better candidates, how to be better managers and employers. But uh, I, I don't, I just don't think that this is it or anything like this would be close to it. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I just disagree with a lot of their arguments for why they are claiming this will be good. Like somebody was saying, uh, they they claim that there's a big problem with nepotism. I agree. The funny thing is that nepotism isn't occurring to to my knowledge very much in the like hiring process of new people. It is actually occurring in the like like I would say there are some people who are on this board because of nepotism. Like when you actually hear the way a lot of them got on the board, it was because they were like friends with the people that were creating it. It's a very ironic thing for so many of these people to be like, oh, I don't believe in nepotism. Nepotism is terrible. And then they're like ending up involved in this thing because they're friends with somebody. Like it's, it's actually more the people that have been around for a long time. Like Mark is on this show because of nepotism. You know, like there's a million other qualified candidates, but like I know him. And we're friends. He lives nearby, so like he gets the job. Uh, Demonte, you were typing something. I feel like, and then I, I didn't, I didn't see it. Just so. type something. But dude, I feel like if there's anything I've learned from being in esports the last like what five, six years is that like no one really knows what they're doing, and I feel like <laughs> no one knows anything about how shit should work. I feel like we're slowly figuring it out, and the only thing that's gonna fix everything is time. So. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe this will like help boost the industry forward a little bit. If it works, if it doesn't work, whatever. Just like I feel like it's just gonna take another like twenty years until teams are ran properly and just a bunch of stuff is ran like maybe as well as normal world stuff. Yeah. I feel like also, I mean, as someone who has like a, a wee little bit of normal world experience prior to getting into esports, like the normal world doesn't have shit figured out either. You know, like we have this idea that like, man, sports is just probably like so clean and everything just works so great. And like, you know, companies and these other industries just work so great. It's like, nah, man, a lot of shit is like just shooting from, a lot of people are shooting from the hip. Like, that's true. Like, I, I definitely think, uh, I'm not saying esports is like right up there with the most professional industries. Uh, definitely. No, there's, there's definitely way more to go here, but like, I, I think, that, that's a feeling you'll find in a lot of places. Like when you actually get in, into the nitty gritty of, of different things, you're like, wow, we're kind of just kind of just fucking winging it here. Well, and the idea that this solves nepotism, right? That like, oh, I was going to hire my friend or my family member into this job, but I found out they didn't have an esports certification. So I decided not to hire them. Instead, I will be hiring this candidate who did apply with it. It's like, that's, that's probably not... I don't think this is going to solve that problem. If you're worried about people hiring their friends or family, um, 
everything was going to solve that. So I just I thought that was a very funny thing. But aside and all the stuff they said about diversity and inclusion were it was just a crock of shit in my opinion. Okay, uh, thank you so much, Dacton, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, shout to uh, Alienware and GameFuel. I really just wanted to have this conversation because I feel like it just got memed as soon as it happened. So I just wanted to have a more uh, enveloped take, I guess. No, I think uh, yeah, and I think it's good that we did. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. Have a good one. All right. On to our next caller. Let's see. We got one bellow one. Thank you for the seven months. Mama's cupcakes. Oh my God, Joseph. Uh, Maury wakes for the sixteen months. Rovis one ninety five and Chi. Thank you for the twenty one months. Demonte, uh, would you go get certified? Uh, I know you're thinking about moving elsewhere within the industry. So would you? Maybe if, if I get a, certified, I can find an LCS mid lane position. Maybe yes. Maybe that's your problem. True. If you just had this, they would be like, "Oh yeah, we're not gonna." Sorry, we didn't <laughs> realize that you had passed this. Uh, Quill is here. Quill, where are you calling from? Connecticut. Connecticut. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I have a question for Demonte. Um, so good to hear. In my personal opinion, as a fan of you, that you know you have a good mindset about it. Um, and you have options that you feel like you can pursue, one of them being role swapping, like you said. But you didn't mention changing regions, and I don't know if that came across your table at all or if that was something you'd even be interested in. But I think a lot of North American fans in general would want to see you continue to play at like, the top level, and I didn't know if that was on your radar. I mean, I've thought about like maybe trying to go to like an ERL team, try to play in some uh, like, like, like academy, basically, in Europe. But... There's not too many teams that really reach out to me, or I haven't really made a made a tweet where it's like, yo, I, I'm like interested in this. I want to do this. It's not like something I'm totally against, but a big part of me doesn't want to. I, I feel like that's like a full a full send into just going to a different country. It feels like maybe now is not the time for that. Almost, <laughs> it's like yeah, it, it's that that is a huge decision. Like let's say a, an you like a LEC team offered me, I think I would go instantly, but I think that is not the position mm -hmm. where I'm at right now. Like I think it'd be so badass to play in LEC, but it seems like a really big risk, really big risk to just like send it to an academy team in EU. Yeah, that's fair. And then I don't know too much about the um I know there's like team no org and stuff like that, but would you can are those the teams that you are also considering or anything like that? I'm sure that you really can't make a solid call on that yet, but is that on your radar either? Um, it feels like if the right thing comes around and it's really perfect for me, I, I would be down for something like that. But a big part of me mm -hmm. almost thinks my time would be better off used on just starting something new rather than yeah. literally building up from where I was five years ago. I think, yeah. like, let's say I went to go play amateur and I grinded my way back up into academy or whatever, like... I mean, that, that, that's like the, like the hypothetical, right? But uh, what mm -hmm. if I finish that one year and then I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm just at the exact same place I started. And mm -hmm. maybe if I use that one year to pursue going into broadcast or streaming, like literally anything else, maybe I could, uh, maybe I'd just be happier too, honestly. Yeah, for sure. What if, instead of spending a year doing it, what if you just spent summer? Like, let's uh, say you, you say, hey, 100 Thieves, thanks, appreciate it. I mean, I don't know the nature of your conversations with them, so... I want to be delicate around this stuff, but um, I don't want you getting fined for tampering or poaching or something. But you find four friends that you you said build something new. Why not build a new team? Build team, send it or whatever, or piss chilling. 
and uh, and you've got five you and four people, and you just fuck around for summer. I mean, you said you're in an okay place financially, so maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe it's hard to find four other people who are willing to to do that. But I think people would really enjoy something like that, and maybe you could at least have some fun with it on your way out. Yeah, I mean. That doesn't sound like a terrible idea. Maybe if I if I really were to find the perfect players, but I mean, like you said, I feel like this summer is just like I could do literally anything with this summer split, and then I feel like for twenty, what, what's next year? Twenty twenty two. Yeah, like next year's twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Like once once that year starts, like I could literally just do anything again. I don't know. Like like today you saw a solo got announced on Golden Guardians Academy, right? I think he spent this entire year just playing solo queue. And yeah. it, it, at least it gives me some uh, reassurance that I could, I, I, like, as long as I kept my game up, right, I could easily find another job if I wanted to and, like, tried something else, too. Was Solo you know on I mean? any of these amateur teams or academy teams? No, I, I think he was just purely playing solo queue or just chilling, honestly. What is that? What does that send to, as a message to, like, all the amateur players? Like, hey, thanks for competing in this. Some of you guys did great. We're going to get that guy who completely ignored this entire system and has just been chilling in solo queue, and we'll pick him up for our spot. I just think that's funny. Well, he did go to Worlds <laughs> last year, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I would say also, um, you could do it Alorm did. I mean, he was uh, competing in amateur while also being on broadcast and stuff, and then you can dip your feet into both. Boom. Yeah. Amateur just seems like a really slippery investment. Like, don't really know what you're yeah. going to get out of that. It feels like the Wild West, kind of like how it was even five years ago with all the uh, Norg stuff that happened. Yeah, I mean, I think you just have to have Norg, no... sorry. Soul uh, Soul yeah, yeah. You have to have no expectations, I think. You have to just be like, I'm just going to have a good time while I'm here, and maybe I won't make money or something, but or maybe you'll win some money. I don't know. But sure. I think I think that's probably how you have to approach it. Maybe it'd even be better to just, like Travis said, like, instead of going into investing into this amateur scene as like a to join a roster starting your own and then you're kind of working for yourself and you have the freedom to be creative in any way you want but you can also buy a hot tub i mean there's a yeah lot you of... could buy hot tub and you know listen play lead from a hot tub be kind of big that might yeah. that might just be the next thing hot tub streamer yeah, it just be i think we should do hotline just... league in a hot tub we we've talked. This is not an original idea. Oh, I never got this. back to you, Travis. So I'll, I'll I'll update you after this episode. Avli has been haranguing me uh, about this. So harrying? Uh, no, haranguing. Uh, H. I oh. believe it's H A R R A N G. I, I don't know what haranguing is, but can I make an appearance if it happens? Uh, yes, please. I don't even have to be on the whole show, but I'll come through. Harangue, haranguing is the no, uh, present up, yeah. participle of harangue. Which means to lecture at someone at length in an aggressive and critical yeah, manner. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up right now too. I hope Harangue. Hang on, see. Harangue. 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 Okay, that's how you pronounce it. So uh, I, last week I mispronounced something on the show, and I got a message from Hunter from Golden Guardians who says that he listens to the show and he fucking hates it when I mispronounce a word. It just tilts him off the side of the <laughs> earth. So I just now I feel like when I say a word and there's some discussion about it, I need to. Use I want Hunter thing. to start a, a spreadsheet, and every time one of us fuck up a pronunciation or like don't know something that the human, uh, average human at our age should know, we get a, like a little X like what year comes wanna... next after this one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. figure out is is Travis or I a worse human being for our age? Yeah, I think we know the answer for that. <laughs> All right, know. wait, how old are you guys? <sighs> Quill, what do you uh? You have I'm your almost thirty. I'm turning thirty in June. 
<laughs> what did you say, Travis? Where's I was asking shout-out? if you had any shout-outs because we have to move uh, on with I, the show. Enough with no, this yeah, banter. I I'll, uh, I'll say shout-out to my WoW Guild, Cuddly Cool. We're in Molten Core right now. And uh, thanks for having me on for uh, for the second time. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Have a good one. Of course. Appreciate it. All right. On to our next caller. Uh, Shuvul. Thank you for the five months. Hopefully I said that's right. And Zach Mo 22 for the prime. Now, uh, DeMonte, we, so Mark and I have been talking. Oh yeah. Cause I talked to you about that. Mark wants to, Mark and I want to do a thing potentially every day after the MSI games. I don't think it's gonna be very formal. I don't know if we'll come up with a name for it or something like that, but we might stream and talk about the games. And there was a discussion about doing it out of a hot tub. Um, and Ovely seems to be potentially on board with helping us because she actually has like a house, uh, whereas the rest of us have an apartment. But I think Mark is unsure and if he, he can do the hot tub thing. Raging Pianist is here. Raging, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Des Moines. Oh, you're kind of quiet. I'll turn you up. I don't know if you can get a little closer. Uh, yeah, you got you to dump 2x this kid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, basically, I'm... This question is really for DeMonte, but it's more of, I, w- I want to have some hope for the future. So I'm wondering, you know, playing in Academy and then playing in the LCS, how you feel about the future of the league? How do you feel about the up-and-comers, about the talent that we have, and, you know, two, three years from now, like, just the system, the Academy system, all that. How, how optimistic are you for our, yeah. the current system to develop good NA talent and allow a path for pro? Hmm. I think I think there are a lot of individually good players. I think there's a lot of like 15 year olds right now, like 15, 16, 17 year olds that are actually very talented. I think like the, the instant standout for me is uh, the Evil Genius Academy player. Their mid laner is Jojo Pion. I think uh, like I think he's a, he's 16 years old and he's their mid laner and he's got a really insane lane phase, but he just doesn't really he doesn't have the he doesn't think enough yet. And I feel like that's the easy part to develop. So like there's players like that for like exact example um that i think really could brighten the future i think i think the academy spring split was kind of uh bad in a sense like the i I wasn't there for the first half but apparently the all the teams only played nine games before i even before i joined the the uh the roster it was like they said they only played nine official matches and that that wasn't too good but they're fixing that for summer so i don't know i think there's potential, but I still think at the same time, no one really cares about it still. It's like all of our matches were only getting like 5,000 viewers, maybe like even less than that. And on top of that, it feels like only some of the teams actually are, are like putting in work for their academy teams or their amateur teams too. Maybe like half of the league is doing it. And I don't know. I, th- I think it's better than it was in the past, but I don't have some insane hope is how I feel. Okay. Because I was wondering, like, yeah, if I, I was hearing how, like, there's, like, not enough drive and, you know, some people don't take it as seriously. And, you know, viewers aside, like, in my opinion, if you're – whether there's 5,000 viewers or 50,000 viewers, that shouldn't stop the players trying to play their best and improve, right, like, within the league. So, True. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the players definitely should not be caring about the viewers that much. I guess I kind of took your question where it's, like, is it kind of dying or is it kind of on the upward swing? But it's kind of, like – I guess, I guess you just meant so more so like talent-wise, right? Yeah, yeah, talent-wise. 
Yeah, it's just whatever, man. I think the the ERLs have way more talented players. Mm. Rough. Okay. Yeah, that is that is not. <laughs> <laughs> thank God, this was this was a take I saw kind of in in the Discord floating around. Was thank God Ninja's playing uh, League of Legends right now, getting yeah. all the little Fortnite kitties. Getting chat. Oh, I see what you're saying. He's he's attracting. Ah. I don't know if we want Ninja viewers to be the next generation. Bro, we, bro you, you want can't. Him, I want them. Beggars can't be choosers here, all right? You, you take what you get. I just, we're going to have a lot of breaking points of that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Whenever, whenever Jojo Pion grows up, you got to ask him about Fortnite, because I'm pretty sure he came from Fortnite. He's like yeah, the first ever Fortnite into League of Legends player. Wait, really? Did he did he compete in Fortnite? Yeah. There's a, who's Boog, it starts with a B, some like really famous Fortnite player, like Booga or something. He yeah, like yeah, plays yeah. higher than him in okay, some tournament. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay, well, that's good. Thank you for the insight. I will ask him that whenever he ends up uh, competing. Is he turning 17? Will he be eligible to play in the LCS next year? I think so, yeah. I think okay. he's 16 right now. Well, if he's, yeah, I just didn't know when, when he uh, levels up. They should just put him in there for summer if, uh, if he turns 17. Raging Pianist, thank you so much for the call. Uh, I know we had, it's, I apologize to people who couldn't hear you very well because I know it's just kind of quiet. I turned you up to 200%, but. Uh, anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh, I just want to shout out Chicken Time. It's our uh, Clash team. They're actually playing tonight, so good luck to them. And yeah, that's it. And thanks for being a sub for so long. You've, you've. I think weren't you the one that subbed during the Brandon Sanderson stream? And I had to ask, or yes, you asked a yes, question. That... I think. Uh, during yep, yep, that yeah. was me. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Wait, why don't you sub to me, bro? <laughs> okay, I will let you go. Bye, Raging <laughs> Penis. <laughs> Okay, got him out of here quick. It's really defensive whenever I try to bait people to sub to me instead of you. Well, you know, these are all nice people. Uh, by the way, Mark. Because oh. here's the thing. If Travis was secure in his subs and his fans, he wouldn't be worried about someone else and stealing them because they're, they're his fans. But Travis no, knows. No, you're right. I am very insecure. No one really likes him. And they're just looking for better people true. to sub to. That is true. I, I, this is, I am hanging by a thread in this career, and I need to make sure that I don't lose it. By the way, Mark, uh, I saw you in the chat. I just want to say, I know we don't have as many MSI calls tonight. Uh, Mark, you were saying that we're looking for some more, right? Because you said not very many people are putting some in. I All I've gotten is C9 takes, where it's like, C9 is going to do well, C9 is going to do bad. We already took one about C9. I mean, we could take one bit. about if they're going to do good or bad, but if people well, want to I mean, talk broader about MSI, then like, yeah. But it's like, C9 aren't going to make quarters. Well, it's like, well, that's two weeks away. They have to play two fucking stages of round robins before they may not make it you know so like what are we going to talk about next week then so like you know there's three other groups two other groups excuse me if anybody wants to talk about msi feel free to, to give us a take we can't i i dare you to come on and say anything about msi yeah. and by the way if you're about listening the to competition this competition too not like just like i think the format with the vcs not making it you're getting so many people timed out in chat uh Keep it up. Where's the Where's the dog? I know you have a dog that you already show. The dog is with my dad. Okay. But now Acadian, my roommate, has a cat, so I can't bring the dog anymore. Sad. Wait, this is your you're living you're not at home right now? No, no, I'm I'm in LA in an apartment with Matt. You are like the only person I know who's a pro player who has like a room that looks like a normal room. Did somebody else did your family come in and hang all this stuff up? It was me 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 and my girlfriend did most of it. Okay. I was about to say. Yeah. Look at you want to see some tryhard stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Give us the tour. Look at this look at this mirror over there. Whoa. It's got like some leaves on it. Wait, does your girlfriend wow. live with you? 
No, she doesn't. But okay. she... I mean, I was it would make a lot of sense if she did, but I... I made my own bed, though. I even make my own bed every day. Isn't that crazy? That's horse shit. Every day, I swear, for, for like weeks. Like, the mental health went down the drain a little bit, and then I realized making the bed is, is making me happy. You know, having an aesthetically pleasing interior, when you're trapped inside, is a pretty good idea. Uh, yeah, true. Also, I, 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 I did a little bit of green work uh, on my balcony. I don't know, Travis, you saw that picture I put out a while ago where I, like, no, I hung some fairy lights, and then, like, I, I hung some fake greens to connect them to make it look like the lights were on the greens. Kobe in my balcony is too small, I think, for us to stick anything out there as a problem. No, you definitely could if you tried. It's it's the, the the main one, not the one that's attached to my room, but the main one is like two. It, you can't fit like any furniture out there. Do we have a collar in here with? No, okay, thank God. No, you want me to get a collar? <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. I was just worried that maybe you'd pull the collar when I was. In the show's the over. No, yeah. this is the end of the show. No, oh, you We're can, out of collars. Can, please go get our collar. Uh, okay. Big angry hobo. Thank you for the thirty-five months, almost three years indeed. Sreyo for eleven. Uh, Lane Plox gifted a sub. Thanks. Uh, really do appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm a I, your room is very impressive. Shout out to her. I believe her name is Lily. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, Lily. Shout out to Lily. Oh, always, for... always Lily in the chat. I think she's in the chat. Is she? Okay. Well, shout out to her for uh, actually making your home nice and cozy. Red Yoshi is here. Yoshi, where are you calling from? Uh, I am calling from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque. Wow. I have a lot of opinions about Albuquerque. No, I don't know. How's Albuquerque? <laughs> uh, it's been nice. It's been really warm here. The weather's been great. We had a, a good amount of rain today, which is rare, um, but it's been really, really nice and warm. I hear I hear Albuquerque is booming. Netflix moving in. Yeah, yeah. Big Netflix and movies and TV shows. It's huge out here. Wow. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so the thing that uh, I want to talk about is it is uh, a C9 MSI take. Um, my take is that NA as a region needs to kind of reevaluate or, or rethink what we consider success at international events. Um, I think I'm like a lot of other NA fans where I do get a little bit more hype right before MSI and right before Worlds where I think to myself, what can we do? Is this possible? Is this going to be something that we can actually do something this year? Um, but I think kind of reflecting on, on this year and how our region has been doing, and especially with our struggles last year at Worlds with no um, team getting out of groups, I think we need to really reconsider what we find success. Um, I know, I, I'm curious to kind of get your uh, opinions, y'all three of y'all, on what okay. C9 needs to accomplish to be successful. So uh, on May 1st, two days ago, I tweeted, it's actually so crazy to know that Cloud9 wins MSI in just a few weeks. Uh, right around that same same time, Mithy, the coach of C9, who I think is the person that's going to be on stage because uh, didn't they have a situation where... Uh, anyway, anyway, he tweeted, C9 will win MSI. So I think success looks like winning MSI because how could anything else happen? Mark DeMonte, you're with me on this, right? You, you done wasting our time? What's, <laughs> what's your real answer? No, I want you guys to go first and then I'll come in after. I mean, from a non-player perspective, because I feel like, you know, players have, have their own goals that they're shooting for. As a fan, as an NA fan, I am happy if C9, well, like, I think C9 has to get out of groups. 
not just this group, but like also out of the other the ones. Rumble really, stage? The Rumble round robin stage, because it's, it's yeah. not that hard. It's four out of six teams move on. Um, and two of those teams will be, uh, well, one will probably be PCS, and then the other one will be a, a emerging region. Um, and so you should be able to get out of that. Um, and so I think they have to get out of that. And depending on who they draw in quarterfinals, you know, if it's RNG or Don Juan, then I just want to see them actually compete and, like, seriously give them a run for their money. Um, but Is that what the expectation know, should be? So, like, let's say they make it out, but then they just get shit-stomped in the first round of, what, quarters or whatever they're calling it? Knockouts? I think you should be disappointed in that if that happens. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think if they make it out of both of the group stages, like the round one and round two thing that I'm looking at right now, I think as long as they don't get dominated in the first match, then, like, should be fine, man. I think, like, they just got to be better than everyone that isn't the top three teams, no? Yeah. Can and they I, face I think... Damwon in that? Like, I know they've got Damwon in their group. Can they face them in the, in the knockouts? Do we know? Somebody, we I'm, should pr- know I'm pretty sure. Go. I don't think your first round robin group plays into your seeding um, in the top four knockout stage. I think it's just one place four, two place three. Because that's I my concern be is like, what happens if if we, if we Cloud9 places four, fourth? I'm assuming they match fourth with first in that final group. Yes. And then, like, we don't have, like, a very competitive showing against Damwon, and maybe Damwon goes on to win the whole thing, and they, like, shit-stomp whoever they meet in the finals. Like, it, it's hard for me, then, to be disappointed that, like, Cloud9 lost to Damwon in... Yeah, but that's, like, a rational, like, interpretation of what happened, but on an emotional level, watching yourselves get shit on with no hope, even if it happens to another team in finals, still will feel like shit. Even if rationally, like, you know, I'll be I mean, be isn't that here. what historical precedent implies will most likely happen? I don't think we'll get necessarily hard shit on. We, or you shouldn't think like that. Like, Damwon in a best of five? I think I think C9 is probably one of the best teams we've ever, like, had. I don't know. I, I feel. Probably in NA. I mean, I we... Think, I think before, it was always, like, Team Liquid was the best. And Team Liquid always played this, like, super boring play style where they just waited and just outsmarted every team but i feel like c9 actually has big balls and they just get in there and i feel like that's a better way to beat these good teams than to just play the slow game that team liquid does all the time i just feel like we've we've said this about other teams before that we've sent to these things right we're like oh tsm 2016 like this team is the best team we've ever sent you know you got double lift and bjergsen together or like Oh, look how dominant TL has been for so long. Like, they're such a good team for us to send. Like, yeah, I, I just, I feel like it's we've had those team. conversations previously. Yeah, but they were all the the orgs that I don't know. C nine is the C nine is the hope man. C nine is the only team that ever does anything for us. And th- now we got perks. Perks, perks, my boy, bro. Perks is gonna do it. Do it for NA. I mean, I, it, I'm with Demonte on this. Like, I think. Uh, you know, NA has had their moments. A lot of them come from C9. Even TL had the, the MSI move. And, like, you know, I don't think, you know, like, we're the underdogs. I have the underdog mentality. But that doesn't mean that, like, just getting stomped on by another team's number one region won't feel bad. Like, it will be painful to watch. And I won't have a good time, even if they win the tournament. Too bad just, C9 is going to stomp on them instead. I worry we have the same... Look, here's what happens. Every fucking international event, not everyone, but most of them. We send our team. They have some cool stuff that happens in groups. 
they eventually end up in a best of five where like a tournament winner or a tournament finalist ends up crushing them and we all feel like this is so bad we can't believe that this happened blah blah blah. and then afterwards we do it we host a ton of calls on the show where it's like we need to take the underdog mentality we need to lower expectations like we're having that call right now before they've even played a game and yet we are still in the same place that we're constantly at and i do think that like i don't know i i don't think it should feel that crazy if we end up like i'm not saying that we should feel good if we don't make it out of groups or or rumble stage but if we make it out of rumble and then we get crushed by like the tournament favorite i'm i'm gonna be like yeah that's uh probably what i would have predicted if i had to put money on this thing and it, i can yeah, feel but... bad it's always gonna feel bad right like tl getting crushed in the finals at msi even though no one expected that they would make it to finals when they faced off against ig that still felt bad it's always gonna feel bad when you lose but like i feel like you're a master at like just talking past the point i'm agreeing that that's what i would expect and i'm saying that that doesn't make it feel any better if you just get stomped because then you don't have any hope. At least with the TL example, they beat IG and people were actually hyped to see TL at Worlds before they, they busted out. Stacy Layla just, in chat says lose. Travis is the only smart one. So there. Well, you really are. Uh, you're, you're like your average. Uh, I can't say what I was going to say, but you read one opinion and uh, you're just riding it, huh? Yeah. No, but yeah, I'm not trying one. to talk past you, Mark, but I think I think we are, we're, we're in a similar vein. My concern is you're saying people should feel disappointed if we get crushed by the tournament favorites. I'm saying we shouldn't. I'm I saying th it's an inevitable. Okay. I'm saying it's an inevitable that you will feel bad. And I'm saying three weeks from now, if we lose and this happens, I will be up here telling you like, hey, da damn one shit on the other team too in the finals. You know, like it happens. I'm saying that's, that's what it's going to come out of my mouth, but I'm going to feel shit because it's still going to feel like there's no hope. I would like to see us go 3-1, take a game, have it be a little competitive. So at least heading into Worlds, our number one team, we're like, ah, maybe. Squid6 says, imagine feeling good about losing. No one is saying we should feel good about losing, you fucking what? squid. Okay, Red Yoshi, now that we've gone back and forth on this stuff a ton, what what do you think of of this? Where Where do you think... We fans should expect C9 to be, and at what point in time do you think they should be like really upset? I think um, y'all have discussed a lot about the eventuality uh, of Damwon just slamming us and other teams um, at MSI. I guess for me, I of course I'm optimistic that C9 will get out of groups. I think that's uh, a very realistic. And when you say groups, do you mean both stages yeah, the, of groups? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, and, and I, we might have glossed over it a little bit though, is that I, I'm seeing in, in our stage that we're in Group C with Dom Wong, um, and then with the Jap the the group from Japan, or the, I'm sorry, the team from Japan, and then from Latin America. Yeah. Do you all expect us to completely stomp them, or those, are those going to be pretty competitive games? What are your thoughts on? I the never teams expect that are not any Dom to completely stomp wild cards. I, I think bet you we lose them. one of those. Really? We lose at yeah. some point in time to one of them, and like it, it's like embarrassing, and then like we claw that's, our way back some way. That's almost never happened to us. What? That we lose to a wild card team? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. That's hasn't, like that hasn't this happened a couple times? VCS. It happened at TSM versus VCS, and like C9 lost a game to 
Dad FM, I think. Dad FM. I, I feel like what what happened to, uh, with Team Liquid in in Paris, where they almost made it out, but then like Fnatic snatched it from them. No, I mean, there's there's a lot of times that we lose, uh, you know, in groups and stuff. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but I'm saying, generally speaking, NA has always gotten out of the play-in portion. Our third seed has never not gotten out. And, like, they've played some close ones. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not C9 saying TL's not going to make it out. Sorry, I'm not right, saying C9's not going to make it out. I'm saying, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, C9 did go to five games against Gambit in 2018 as well. But, like, I just think, like, I'm not concerned at all about our teams versus the the inter, like the wildcard regions. I just well, you don't think that we'll drop a single game? Yeah, we might, but like that's what I mean. Teams, those teams I, are going to pick up one to two wins the entire thing. The most know, the most NA thing is we would beat damn one one of these good days and then the next day we would lose to a wildcard team. Yeah, I mean if we go th- 3 and 3, I wouldn't be shocked and get out. You know, we get 0-2 yeah, by yeah. down one. We we go two zero versus one of the other ones, and then we we fuck up and drop a game. We go one one, and we get out three and three. Like that's that's totally not out of the question. But I I, I wouldn't really be worried. Yeah. I think I think the C nine boys need some more hope, some more hype. I think they're pretty good. I, I think, think they're good what, too. But I'm I trying to as well. Like uh, they're they're coach Vigar V two that guy. I've talked to him a little bit, and he's been t- telling me like the meta at this tournament is going to be really wild. It's it's basically like three or four patches past what we were just playing on, yeah. and that meta was really, it was kind of boring. But by, by the end of it, just like every team was kind of like doing similar stuff. I would say okay, maybe, maybe not entirely. That's true, not true. But uh, either way, I've heard that this meta is is pretty insane, and I think that's good for C9 because I think C9 is a team that can pick up new champions really fast, especially with Perks and Blabber. I think if 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 the meta is playing out like how I think it is, I think there's going to be a lot of very aggressive mid lane picks and there's going to be a lot of aggressive jungle picks. And it's not going to be just Orianna and scaling mid, mid picks the whole the whole tournament. How how do you think they're going to play how do you think they're going to play Rumble Lee Sin? You think they're going to be good at it? Yeah, for Rumble, sure. Rumble Jungle Lee Sin mid. Yes. I'm ready for it. It'll be so sick if 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 Lee Sin mid is actually being played. I mean, Lee Sin top 2, that's so cool too. Yeah. I mean, so this is like, it would be dope if, if the meta actually breaks out like this. I've I've heard some things as well that like, shit's a little weird right now, and I wonder how much of that's going to just get stomped out, you know, through the first <laughs> round robin, and then everyone's back on the safe control mages. And uh... I'd be really sad because because literally what what I'm hearing is like Kiana is getting played, like there's just melee champions Violet, everywhere. Collie, yeah, yeah. Uh, Collie's definitely going to be played. Collie's yeah. really strong. Be, be careful. Don't leak too much stuff. I don't want you to get in trouble, Demonte. I'm leaking it from uh, my boy Showmaker, actually. We were talking the other day. Just... Nice. Very I good. have really good connections with all the Chinese players, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's our... your next That's your next job. You're going to the LPL uh, the LPL analyst desk. I'm working on my Mandarin. I'm not even going to the LPL English broadcast. I'm going... Oh, wow. <laughs> that's actually you know how exciting. many more viewers there are in China? Like, it's just a smart business move. <laughs> Oh, come boy. with me. Okay, I'm on the way. <laughs> you'll, come, you'll come play in the LDL. <laughs> Red Red Yoshi, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, I just have two quick shout outs. Um, first shout out is to the Centennial Esports team. They were a high school esports team, league team, uh, that I was a teacher and coach for a couple years back. So shout out to them. And then this week is Teachers Appreciation Week. So just big shout out to, to teachers everywhere. Appreciate you. 
Nice. Shout out to teachers. Uh, thanks, Yoshi, for the call. Thank you. All right. On to the next caller. Uh, shout out to Big Angry Hobo. I think I already got some, but maybe not. Uh, Jakert95 and Creme for the sub. We just lost Demonte. He's gone. Oh, do come, you want to do an read then? Come back, Demonte. Uh, do I can kick the caller back into the waiting room. Yeah, sure. Sorry, Tom. Actually, what I want to talk about is Game Fuel. <laughs> Completely natural. Thanks, Demonte, for giving us a heads up that you're leaving. Let's talk about Game Fuel. So lately, I... Okay. I'm going to be honest. I want to talk about a situation that has occurred recently. Um, I was out of Charge Cherry Burst, which is this uh, red can right here. And I had, I had in the past, had Charged Orange Storm, which is this orange can right here. And... I had I had liked it, but it had not been my my favorite. I did not think it was anywhere near the charged cherry burst, which probably still is my favorite. But now, lately, I found myself reaching for more of the charged orange storms. So I just want to say, if you have been drinking Game Fuel and you haven't tried charged orange storm and you like like an orange soda or like an orange type flavor, I would suggest giving it a try because uh, it's actually not I, it's not too bad. I might be I think it's it's almost certainly my second favorite flavor now uh in a way where i'm not sure i was ready to commit to it in that manner before anyway you can save five percent off your order of game fuel actually had somebody uh shouted out before and i really appreciate it um but do exclamation mark game fuel in the chat uh to get the link over there which really helps me if you're outside the shipping range in the u.s you can also use uh the amazon link uh to help you that helps out supporting the show uh and make sure you use travis to save 5% off on your order when you go to the Game Fuel site. We love Mountain Dew Game Fuel. They sent me the fridge. I still have the fridge. I need to restock it. It's running low. And uh, thank you so much to Game Fuel for sponsoring the show. All right. We're ready for... Tomonte, you're back now. So we can can we continue now? Yes, sir. We did an what ad was, break. What was the emergency? You, you got to tell I didn't take a leak, man. Couldn't you have let us know? Oh, you started doing your sponsorship stuff, so I uh, wanted to leave you to it, man. You're a superstar at that. No, you left before. Tom Solomon is here. Tom, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is that, like, Perks Blabber is the, like, best mid-jungle duo that NA has ever sent to an international event. Oh, DeMonte Lira. That actually, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, second best after DeMonte <laughs> Just put that one on the, the Mount Rushmore. It's never getting unseated. And then yeah. we just, it's just a debate about number two for the rest of all time. <laughs> Blabber perks. Uh, I don't know. Actually, this is a great... I really like this call. Well, do you... Okay, do you want to give us a little bit more data on why you think this? Well, because, um, like, usually NA would send a very, very good mid laner and then, like, a very mid lane jungler, while, like, this time you're sending arguably the greatest Western League of Legends player of all time with perks... You know, like he is the second player to win both NA and EU with Blabber, who is uh, on his second MVP award in like a year. Like he won MVP in spring of 2020 and he it just won MVP of spring 2021. Are you trying to shit talk my boy X Smithy? Look, I, nothing against X Smithy. I just think that uh, Blabber perks is is going to match up better hypothetically versus Showmaker Canyon. 
than a than a Jansen X Smithy win. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I agree with you 100. I think I think Blabbery Perks is 100 better than anyone we've ever sent. I think there's a lot of different levels to it. I think Blabbery has been an amazing player individually with a bunch of different millionaires now. Or I mean, maybe not a bunch, but he who did he play with? Just Jensen and Perks, or did he play with more? Misky. Really sure. Misky. Yeah, I feel like he's shined with a lot of different millionaires. And I feel like Perks is definitely, I feel like he, Perks is generational talent almost. I feel like he is one of the best players we're going to have during this era. And if he keeps playing like he is, and it's, it's not even just his play too. It, it's a lot about how smart he is at the game and how he actually has his team play around him. Champion I think he, he understands it just at a much higher level. And he makes, you, you could just watch C9 play, watch him play. I mean, even on his past teams, you can just see his decision making. He makes the, the everything, he makes the correct decisions way faster than anyone else would. And he also has brought to NA just this European style of mid lane where it's always 2v2 or 3v3 around mid. And it's really exciting to, that we're going to be able to see this at international events. And I really hope they keep playing very aggressive. And yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think the only question about who you there's there's two people i would put as as like the the competition because like obviously it's, it's a good debate perks blabber i'm probably going to agree with you but the people i would stack up against them one is obvious i think Svensk here and 2016 era i mean i know it wasn't the best performance that they've had and like i mean Jensen they removed and, sven right afterwards for presumably because they didn't think he was great Right, but I'm saying, I mean, the, the point is that we sent, not their performance. It was like heading in there, our perception of them. Because um, maybe these two shit the bed. And then it's like, ah, oh, they were clearly not the best two we've ever sent, right? So, like, you kind of have to look at it. Like, what was our perception? No, I mean, I agree with you. I was thinking about all the junglers that Bjergsen has played with as he's gone to Worlds. Because that's, like, one way to think about this is, like, <laughs> all right, we know Bjergsen is, like, our, our greatest NA mid, or sorry, our greatest mid talent in LCS. So, like, what are the junglers that went with him? Right, so I mean, like you're talking amazing. You're talking uh, Sven Skaren. You're talking. I'm forgetting one. I mean, they were going through so many. Torin. Yeah, but I I think the 2016 Sven Skaren Bjergsen was probably the most hyped we've sent to an international competition. Um, not super hyped, but I mean, this is kind of cheating by looking at performance. Mancloud Smithy, way back in the day at Worlds 2013. No joke. They actually uh, shit on some kids, if I remember correctly. Mandatory cloud. That's a deep cut. If anyone remembers it, it's really. I mean, it's really hard to. It's such a hard comparison because it's so long ago. It was before. I High Medios is another choice. Poe and Santorin. Mm. You know. Who else? Who else do we got on on the list? Yeah, that you no, would, Twitch chat's throwing a bunch of stuff out there, but I, I think it's Blabber Perks. They just have huge fucking penises, man. Like, like, <laughs> like, literally, they they're just down to to be aggressive and make plays and shit. And I feel like a lot of these mid jungle combos you guys are talking about just were kind of pussies compared to what Blabber and Perks are. Okay, maybe we avoid all the genitalia references. Um, no, I think I think, I think this is the players. confirmation that Demonte's headed for the analyst desk. This yes, is exactly. What, this is what we've been missing. <laughs> this is his tryouts. Uh, but no, I mean, overall, I do agree with the point he's making. Like, there's been a lot of times where like the best teams in North America were like grind you out, control. We're gonna put a pink ward in the pink pixel brush and fight to defend it, and not like. I'm gonna flash on this guy. You think we can kill him? You know, like it's just 
it's, it's yeah, a different just, mentality. I, it's it's actually it's very true that it's it's so hard. Like a lot of people talk about blabber perks. It's so rare that you're ever like, oh man, this like mid jungle duo was just sick that we're saying to worlds. You know, it's it's often like, oh, this mid laner's great, but like the jungler is like the liability of their team or something. So it's 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 a really interesting situation. I like this call a lot. Uh, I think it's good. I'm gonna agree with it. I think I think it's right. I'll agree with it too. And I mean, it feels like this is a good good time to be sending a great mid jungle duo. I'm excited. Demonte, you agree with it, yeah? Yes, or you sir. Said, you said so at the beginning, yeah. All right. Tom Solomid, for such a great take and one that I think is fairly original and isn't just like C9 will go this far. No offense to anybody that said that. I am going to award you the Game Feel Victory Caller. Uh, congratulations on Whoa. being our Game Feel Victory Caller of the night. You'll be getting a case of Game Feel. Just uh, DM me on, on Discord your... Uh, and I'll, I'll shoot you some information on getting hooked up. But that's actually, I right. really like this take. Uh, I appreciate it. Is there anything you want to add to anything that we just said? I mean, we all kind of agreed with you. No, uh, the only other thing I was going to bring up is that, like, for the first time, it's never just, like, Bjergsen and this jungler or Jensen and this jungler. It's, like, blabber and perks, yeah. you know? No, it's very true. It's very true. Uh, any shout-outs you want to make before we go on to our last caller? Yeah, I'll just give a shout out to my boy Paul. He's watching right now. And thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. All right. Uh, we've got one more caller to go. And then that will be the show. Uh, thank you, Creme. I think I already shouted you out, Creme. But either way, thank you again, Creme, for the six months. What are you What are you looking at, Demonte? You seem very in thought. I'm uh, ordering some kebab. some kebabs. Nice. Glad to hear it. Gazalith is here. Gazalith, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Chicago, Illinois. Ooh, you are very quiet. Can you uh, repeat what you said, maybe a little closer to the mic? Yeah, I'm calling from Chicago, Illinois. There we go. That's a lot better. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so my hot take for today is that I would take the field over Damwon Gaming. My reasoning being uh, a couple things. One, that in Korea... Uh, they weren't really challenged. Um, the games they played, it kind of felt like the opposing team was just handshaking a loss, um, playing like they were still going to be the better team, but damn one game and always wound up being better. Uh, and then Khan, historically, has choked under pressure situations uh, a couple of different times. And uh, when you compare him to, like, Naguri would be the closest comparison because... They've swapped places uh, now with both their teams. Um, he just hasn't stacked up. So, so I don't have a lot of faith. Hmm. So uh, when you say you're taking the field, I mean, another way to put this is you think it's more likely that uh, Damwon doesn't win MSI than it is that they win it. Correct. Okay. So uh. what, do you, what do you think about RNG? I think that there's a lot of question marks about everyone. RNG, I think, has a really good jungler and a really good support. And, uh, I mean, Zhaohu is he's kind of a known quantity internationally. But um, I think that, like, C9 and RNG both like to send somebody off into side lanes and split push, which I think Damwon has a bit of trouble with. Um, Mad, I haven't really seen that as much. Armut and Humanoid both tend to want to group a bit more with the team. 
Um, but I think both those two direct competitors, you just got to find the secret sauce for one one uh, one best of five in the finals against them, um, or even the semifinals. Maybe if they get a bad matchup there, uh, then you know Damwon could fall out. I think one thing for for anyone who hasn't watched too much LPL is that Jahu's playing top lane now, and then Kryon is their mid laner. I'm, I think yeah. most people probably know, but I feel like just that alone, like like uh, the the advantages that RNG are gonna have in this tournament is gonna be really insane. Also, based off of what I've heard from the meta, like we said earlier, I think even in top lane you're gonna see a lot of new champions and a lot of flex picks, and I think RNG is gonna have this huge uh, advantage in that sense. So I think. If it, I, I honestly feel like it's kind of Damwon versus RNG rather than like Damwon versus the field, re like relating back to your question. And yeah, I yeah. mean RNG is definitely the the like biggest competitor to them. Um, but I, I like in a direct comparison of Damwon versus RNG, I'd still probably take Damwon. Uh, but when you start including everybody else in there, that's when I think things get a bit hairy. I mean, is there? We haven't talked really at all about Mad Lions on this show. I don't even know if we've mentioned them once, but like how much faith do people have in Mad Lions actually winning this thing or performing really well? Because it, it feels like since their name isn't G2, everyone's kind of like, who knows? And they're probably not as scary. I don't know. I think, I mean, so part of this is conversation on the dive and I haven't been super in tune with how the European fans are feeling, but from some of the conversations there it sounds like people are, are a little pessimistic on them but not just i mean like the easy thing to say is like oh it's not g2 they suck uh that's i don't think that's the reason people are, are maybe a little more down on mad lines compared to like okay a large portion of these players got knocked out as a major region in the lock-in or the the play-in portion they finished near last in their group i forget what it was and then they lost their first best of five and they didn't even, like, worlds hit, last year worlds last against year. the team that they're in the same group as right now Right. Uh, PSG then also outperformed Rogue in the group that they ended up in. So, like, there, there's some hesitance, I think, for why people are just, in general, a little scared uh, for MAD. Um, and so, yeah, they, they brought new players. I really don't think it's a fair comparison with, like, Elioya transforming their team a lot in Arma and stuff like that. I, th I think that those players really do give them a new dimension. Um, so, I, I don't think it's, it holds up. Uh, you know, if when you really dig into it, but I can understand the sentiment being like, it's a new team. They didn't perform well at their last international tor tournament. We're we're a little hesitant. So I think realistically, people are deciding between RNG and Damwon Kia for who's gonna take it. And but it's so it's inner. So Gaz Gazlith, I think. What would you say, like forty sixty in favor for RNG if it's just RNG and Damwon? But you think like. Ah, uh, there's a maybe a chance that Mad Lions could win, or maybe a chance that Cloud Nine could win, and that's, that's yeah. Where it, and I don't it think it's uh, maybe there's a chance that they could do it. Like I think it's a solid, you know, there's a solid possibility. Like I wouldn't say that it's like a ninety ten if if Damwon goes up against C Nine or Mad even, um, you know, more like a seventy thirty. Uh, that might be a bit too generous, but like eighty twenty or something. Isn't Damwon still pretty scary? Shouldn't people be afraid of them? You don't think so? Yeah, for sure. I, I just don't think that they are... Like, it's not like 2014 Samsung showing up or anything like that. Um, I think that they downgraded from last year. And uh, when you go back and you watch... Like, you watch how they play their games. They have trouble dealing with side lanes. And 
that's going to be a thing. <laughs> I feel hmm. like in this meta. And like, against the teams that they're playing against. But I, uh, Mark? Well, I don't know what you're going to say. What are you going to say? I, I was just going to ask you. You he's he's suggesting that there's more than a slim chance that Mad Lions or Cloud Nine wins this thing. You were saying you think it's just get down to RNG and or you said a lot of people are saying just RNG and Damwon. I'm curious for the two of you in your mind, is there a chance? Like, is there more than a slim chance that Cloud Nine or Mad Lions take MSI? I think it's only a slim chance for me. I think Damwon's style is not as impressive, like nuggery and like a three winning lanes kind of thing. I know I, I said this sometime too. Like I know Ghost and Barrel were not known for like they were the weak side of the team while they generally played the top side and Canyon was a monster. Um, but you saw that like they could play through them at times. Um, I feel like because Khan is not nuggery and he's playing mostly tanks, mostly weak side, um, that people are saying, oh, it's not nearly as scary and this, this, and that. But like Damwon's actually still fucking disgustingly good and like their their team fighting is insane their map their macro is really insane uh their play style is different but i, I don't know if it's that much worse you know like yeah we probably take 2020 dom want to beat them but i also don't think that there's that many teams like 2020 dom want yeah. so like i don't i don't even know, think that's necessarily a fair comparison rng to your point has its own problems like i think xiaohu is pretty good and he's probably going to keep getting better in top lane but he he got shit on by Nuggery in the finals and stuff, and he's got some areas to work on based off of the playoff performance that he had. So, like, I, I think as a whole, this is not the most. I think we'll have to see. I think there's a chance that Damwon is as gross as they looked in LCK because they kind of took shit on LCK for the most part. So, like, if that comes to to the MSI, then like, yeah, we, we might all just get crapped on by them. Um, are some of the teams here better than like Gen G or something? Maybe. Um, but but I, I wouldn't bet on it. I, I would bet Damwon wins. Hmm. I think this is really going to depend on how the meta shakes out. I'm I, I really think that because the patch is like so much different than what it was when all the teams were playing playoffs, that it gives more of an advantage to teams that aren't Damwon. I think I feel I feel like the LCK is usually really good on patches that have been out for a long time, and none of us really can know what is happening in these scrims yet. So. Like Mark just said, you're going to have to definitely see. But I, I do agree with you that I don't think it's just going to be some free win for Damwon if I think about it from from like a perspective of what's the meta going to be. I think the only thing is, is like this is going to take place over so many weeks, Demonte, that you don't think that like... How, how, how does guys... it work? How does the... Is, so it, is it actually like a multiple-week tournament? I don't yeah, really know so the, if, yeah. the final day is on... May twenty third, and it's oh, wow. starting so on Thursday. Like three weeks right. in. Yes, so you have a bunch of games this over the next from Thursday to Tuesday. Then you start again from Friday to uh, Tuesday. Then yeah, you've got. But what, what if what if the meta is just some crazy shit? Like literally just permanent fighting. I feel like stuff like that is going to favor teams like C nine, Mad Lions, and RNG. I feel like. If, if it's a, if it's a lot slower, then maybe LCK is just gonna win again, or like Damwon is gonna just smurf on everyone. But I feel like the more random the games are, the less you can just say Damwon is just gonna win. I mean, that's definitely true. I just wonder if things won't slow down or they won't lock it out over the court because they're. All, I mean, obviously, we're talking about as if the meta begins on 
Thursday when in reality and like Patino's yeah, figuring true. out when in reality they've been all playing each other for a while now, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think it also depends. Like Khan was a carry player for a while. Like who knows? You know, maybe they they can pick up those champs too. Like the whole thing's a little up in the air to Demonte's point because we're jumping ahead so many patches, um, especially for like NA team and stuff like. We we played on eleven six. This is gonna be played on eleven nine. It's, it's three three patches. It's pretty insane. So like, I I'm leaning towards Damwon. I think they're the best. I don't know if I take them over the field. I probably would, but um, there is a, a a lot of things that are different about this one that that makes it interesting. Because because it's like the, a lot of the top lanes are not like super insane. Like it's not like you have the shy and nuggery and like a, a lot of the people that we generally associate with top lane. A lot more of them are generally playing at not as the first option on their team. Xiaohu actually has the most aggressive champion pool of any of the top players in the major four regions. Um, Arma maybe second, but he's, he mostly plays bruisers. So like, you know, he's, he's got Renekton, Aatrox, Wukong, those kinds of things, more so than like Jay's Lucian, which Xiaohu played a lot of. So who, who knows, you know, if, if it gets like a really scrappy meta, it's not really well suited for many of these, these teams. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think about because uh, another part of my take was that Khan tends to be a bit of a choker um, when it comes to uh, like high pressure situations like he was on the 2017 SKT that failed he you know FBX didn't make it to Worlds after winning um, he's had a couple of times Longju uh, where he kind of got to the stage and or or didn't even get to the stage and then uh, kind of bottomed out. I mean, a lot of those, I, I don't know how much I put on like everything, all the, like, the failures on Khan. I mean, he's, he's had his ups and downs over his, his whole career. Um, and he definitely was super hyped. I forget which one it was. Was it 2018 where he was like turbo hyped and then kind of wasn't super impressive? Um, I think he got maybe a little overhyped and then couldn't live up to, to the moment because I think there's always been like this like, the greatest solo laners ever coming from Korea. And he kind of got like put it pushed into that. And he, he was one of the best tops in Korea at that time. Um, I forget which, which year it was, but then, then he didn't quite live up to it. So, but this time, like, I feel like the opinion has completely flipped now where it's like, well, Khan's not even that good. And it's like, well, I think maybe it's more somewhere in the middle. I guess we'll have to see when things kick off on Thursday. Caller. Uh, Gazalith, is there anything you want to say before we uh, close out the show? Uh, host, I would like to shout out, uh, sorry, Travis, to uh, my wife and my my daughter. Uh, and that's all. You think you're fucking clever? <laughs> Have a good one. All right. That's the show. Mark, that... what, what do you got for us? What shout outs, plugs, what do you want to do? Uh... Nothing. Uh, this is a, a joke that was was a while ago, but I, I just saw it recently. It's really funny. What? You should watch it on stream. What? Maybe not now, but after the, the episode. What are you talking about? You asked me what I wanted to shout out. I'm shouting out a YouTube video I saw recently. It's funny, and you should watch but, it. Oh, you're linking it now. You just said this is a joke. Yeah, what do you want me to do? No, I have it. a... We'll watch I I have a bounty for Genshin Impact after this. Uh, well, it take, it's world's... a three-minute joke. It's a three-minute video. It's actually it's great because I'm going back to Genshin, which is for an international event, or right before an international event, and uh, that was what you and I did all worlds. 
That we did. Uh, what? You got nothing else for us? No. Are we going to do a, a post-day MSI show? Do you actually want to do know. this? Who knows? Do you want? Okay. We may or may not be doing a stream after every MSI day for those that want to. I don't want to, you know, debate about here with Demonte here. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> we don't want to keep him. He's got. But Demonte might be want to be part of it. I brought what it up it? with him. We, remember I talked to you about this last week, Demonte? We might I'm not saying yeah. you want to be on every week or every day, but after MSI days, Mark and I are thinking about doing a stream because it, it ends like in the middle of the afternoon, uh, LA time. Hell yeah. I'll come through. Okay, cool. Maybe we'll do something. Uh, if not, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Demonte, what do you, yeah, well, I try, I'm trying Mark, uh, Demonte, what do you want to shout out? Um, I think shout out to myself. I think <laughs> it's, I, I'm, I'm in a bit of a transition period for sure. So, uh, yeah, shout out to myself trying to figure out shit. Uh, anyone who wants to follow my Twitch channel, go follow my Twitch channel at Demonte. I'm trying to, I'm starting streaming a lot right now. So, uh, any help? is grateful i'm grateful for so yeah you ain't got to sub to me just follow me maybe what we do is the days that you show up on the on the msi post day post game show that mark and i are doing we'd raid you afterwards and then you've got those viewers coming in you would have to leave stream. early and start his own stream back up yeah he start by like he starts two minutes early or something it's fine is that nepotism yeah you scratch my back <laughs> i scratch yours if you That's want to call exactly, that nepotism yeah. go ahead i'm nepotistic as fuck well, thank you to DeMonte for coming on. Everybody go follow him. Send some love his way. Tell him what you think he should do with his life. True. Uh, he's accepting ideas. He's going to launch a Twitter poll for what he should do. So if you guys, if you have. Fans if, play DeMonte. Maybe you think he shouldn't be like a content creator or attached to a team. Maybe you think he should get out of esports entirely. Become like a baker or a candlestick maker. Send him a message and let him know. Yes, uh, please. He'd love to hear from you. Give me all of your ideas. Yeah. For me, please stick around on stream because uh, I have a little Twitch sponsorship thing after this. It helps me if you are here on on the Twitch stream. But other than that, we we do these hotline leagues every Monday at 7 Pacific time. Sometimes people don't know that. Uh, so go check it out. I've got a bunch of MSI content coming out this week, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we love you. Thank you to Rob, Rob, Roberto for the five gifted subs right now and for, to smell for the, the sub earlier. This has been Hotline League episode 171.